guys, here we are once again. Here, uh, uh, we are here on this Sunday morning. We're very early today, but that's okay. We all right with that. Uh, we want to just welcome you guys out uh, so that And you, all right, thank you. All right, all right, we're good now. Now guys, we want to uh, refresh you. We're here a little early, there's some things going on. Hey Mike, how you doing, man? All right, uh, we gone a little early, but we good with that. And we just have some things we want to do this afternoon, but we really wanted to speak to you today, amen. Uh, we gonna open up, uh, with prayer, uh, and we're gonna then we're gonna have our devotion first. So uh, I want you hear uh, my wife Kenyatta, Lady Foy, and she coming her own way and just do our devotion while we get started for uh, whatever God has for us today. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, sweetheart. Good morning, greetings everyone, greetings everyone. We just hope that today be kind and gracious unto you and that you be blessed with the word that's coming forward and, and, and that it be applicable and you can apply it to your life to change, deliver, heal, save, and set free you in any way possible. And uh, my scripture reading today will be coming from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, and it just simply says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. 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 Would you bow your heads with me for a moment of prayer? Father God, we just come see you right now, Lord God. Thanking you for this day, Father. Thanking you, Lord God, for this brand new grace and mercy that you have set before us, Lord God. Now, God, as before we begin to chalk this day, Lord God, we ask that you forgive us, Lord God, for anything we may have done, said, or did that was displeasing and it's dishonorable and distasteful in your sight, Lord God. We lay our flesh at your altar, Lord God. Yes. And we ask, Lord God, we beg of thee, Father, to mortify the deeds of it, Lord God. And impart your Holy Spirit within us, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Yes. Wash and purify us, God, from each and every and all iniquities, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Anything that we may not know of, Father, but you are all-knowing and all-sufficient, God, Lord yes. God. We ask, Father, in the name of Jesus that you continue to just create within us clean hearts, Father God, and renew right spirits within yes, us, Lord please. God. Cast us not away from your spirit, Lord God, but renew a right spirit, Lord God. Yes. Clothe us with, the, with a cloak of righteousness, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, oh God. God, and before this word come forward, we just ply and plead your blood of Jesus over yes. our, our pastor, Lord God. 
Yes. We ask, Father God, that you be with him, Lord God, in this hour, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let your spirit abound, Lord God. Stir up his gifts, Father God, in his bosom, Lord God. Because yes. you said in your word, Father God, beautiful are the feet of them that carry the gospel of peace, Lord God, and bring good and glad tidings, Father. So, Lord God, continue to make his feet beautiful, Father. Yes. Continue to wash them, Lord God, because you promised that anywhere his feet may travel or tread that land you have already given to him, Lord God. And we thank you that your promises to the righteous as yes and amen, Father. In the name of Jesus, oh God. We thank you, Lord God. We honor you, Father. And we want to always, always, Father, be careful to give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. In your darling son Jesus' name, let the church say Amen. 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 And I'm going to turn you back over to the hands of my husband, my chocolate latte. I will pass the pastor over. Thank you, my queen. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that. That was a blessing. Beginning at verse 10. We're going to read verse 10 through verse 14. Just uh, five verses. And we, we're going to word on and let God do that thing that he does so well in our lives and speak to our hearts. Amen. I'm ready for it. Come on. Listen to what the words say. Reading from the King James, Jeremiah 29, beginning at verse 10, 10 through 14. It says, For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, said the Lord, and I will return or, or turn away your uh, captivity and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whether I have driven you, say the Lord of hosts, and I will bring you again into the place whence I cause you to be carried away to captivity. Uh, in this particular passage, guys, there's so much going on. Uh, it's a lot you can talk about, but I'm going to stick to uh, what I believe you need to hear. This captivity of seven years was instituted by God himself on Israel because of the continual sin against God. In spite of everything he done for them, they would yet sin again, again, and again. And so God, at some point, had to put his feet down and let them know, now 
you're going to be troubled for a number of years, 70. But after that number is finished, I'm going to keep my word and come and bring you out and deliver you so that you would not be in captivity anymore. But God is saying, I have good thoughts for you. I, I, I think of you and what I think of you is going to be flourishing. But you have your role you have to do. You got things that you got to do. I'm going to, he called this my good word. See, my word, God said, my word is good. I'm going to accomplish, but man, it's not so. Because sometimes you guys say you're going to do one thing and then you do something else. And so this is what God is allowing them to go in captivity to the enemy, Babylonians, uh, so that they can get their head together and get their minds right. Let me tell you something, man. God is not playing anymore in this time and age. Uh, such a time as this, when we look at our world, we can almost see that God Oh, it's going to be returning soon. Oh, we always say that. When I was a little boy, I say he's coming back soon. I heard people say that. But as a grown man, I realized when I see what's going on in our world, I know we don't have long anymore. And guys, we need to get our house in order. We need to get ourselves together. We need to get righteous with God. So this is what this message is all about. First of all, I entitled this message from Jeremiah 29, verse 10 through 14, an inspected end. You know, what means that an expected end? What I'm saying is, I don't know what nobody else be saying, but I'm hoping we don't want to call it, is that we want to live our lives in such a way that we not only be a blessing to the people around us, but more than anything, we want to be a blessing to God. I would love to hear God say, I need to hear him say, I must live to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful service. You've been faithful over a small thing. Now come and rule with me as we allow you to rule over bigger stuff and to rule with me. This is the life or afterlife that I anticipate, that I desire, that I want. That's my hope of my expected end. An expected end. And as a subtopic for this message, I call a search for God with your whole heart. God wants us to search for him with our whole heart. Because when we search, we will find him. And he will fellowship with us. He will unite with us. He will be a blessing to us. But there are some things we have to understand. That God is God. And whatever he says, he cannot lie. And as much as he loves us, if we don't live up to his expectation, we would be left behind. 
Let's look at these verses and let's see what God is trying to tell us today as concerned an expected end, a search for God with our own, our whole heart. Jeremiah 29, verse number 10 and 14. A promise, the theme of this message is a promise to give you an expected end. Listen to it as we dissect this verse by verse. Verse 10 say, For thus say the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you, which is my promise, that's his promise, and causing you to return to this place, meaning your place where he has ordained for you, the promised land, you know. Commentary. As previously promised by Jeremiah, the captivity in Babylon would not go beyond 70 years. God had appointed an end to it. But it would be a long season in exile before God would call the Jews to return to their place or their home. Why? It's because the way they live dishonored God. My prayer is that your lifestyle, the way you live, does not offend. The false prophets promised a quick return from captivity, but through Jeremiah, the Lord told them it would be not a quick return, but there would be a return eventually. In time, God promised that he would visit them and perform his good word towards them and cause them to return home. Now what we, the prophets, they sent out false messages and they were saying, you know, guys, we're not gonna be in this long. God is gonna come, he's gonna be our defender. He's gonna deliver us, he's gonna help us. He know, you know what he done for us as we came out of Egypt. You know how he kept us in the wilderness. He can keep us this time while we in Babylon in captivity. But they was given false prophetic word or promises about what God was gonna do. And that's why God sent Jeremiah to give them the right word, give them the truth so they'll know what I'm really doing. And it's gonna be 70 years, it's not gonna be in a moment. It's not going to be in the soon time to come, but it's going to be 70 years. And God said in their spray, after 70 years, I will perform my good word to you. How many of you know God has a word? And when God says he's going to do something, you got to take God at his word because that's what he's going to do. He's not going to change for man. He's not going to change unless 
there's a real change inside of the individual. Guys, we got a chance right now to get our lives together. While it is called today, we can get it together. Most of us already know that, yeah, we believe in God. Yes, we trust him, but not to the point to live circumspectly before him. Our lives, the way we live, really does speak louder than words. God knows us intimately, not for what we say as much as for what we do. Verse number 11, listen to what it says. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, say the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you an expected end. You may think that I'm doing a terrible thing 70 years in captivity, but I need you to know you have jacked me up also. You have done some stuff that I just can't turn my head away. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you got kids. And you have told your kids, I need you to stop doing that. And that child kept doing it. And at some point, you're going to chastise that child. Not because you hate the child. Because you love the child. But you have to chasten the child. So the child understands. My word is my bond. When I tell you to stop. When I tell you to see from doing or living away on. I need you to do. And sometimes God treats us in this way because he has to spank us because we are not living to what we know God expects out of us. The word, can God say, I know. That word know me to possess information in mind, to be aware of, to have a thorough understanding of able to perceive the difference in distinction of life in what I'm doing. God said, I know. He's not just guessing. He's not just feeling that. He knows what he's doing. And if he knows, then we should know that we can trust him. God explains what he knows. The thoughts that he has towards us. Why God got to explain that? To because we are people that's all too often fickle. And now God said, I know my thoughts. And then the word thoughts are an intentional plan that God is talking about. In method of doing something to work it out and to advance you. Whatever I'm, in, I'm doing, I'm trying to advance you. I'm trying to take you from one level to another level. One hope to another hope from a different kind of faith than you possess now. One that whatever you say will manifest. And not only that, but as an architect, it means to skill, draw out, or organize 
for achieving the end result or outcome. God is going, whatever he's going to be doing while you're in captivity, while we're going through, you know, sometimes God allows us to go through storm so that he can teach us something. A lot of times we don't like the storm. A lot of times we don't want the problem. We don't want the hardship. But can I tell you today, the truth is, hardship oftentimes make us stronger, better, and wiser. So, we can endure whatever God has allowed us to go and know that while we're in the midst of it, how he thinks about us, how he loves us, and cares for us. God not only said that he know the thoughts that he had, that he said, I thank towards you. This is what he's talking about when he said, thank towards you. To regard you with care or concern. I'm not going to give up on you. Though you be in bondage, though you be under the thumb, I'm not giving up with you. Lord, I will be with you always, even until the end of time. To deliberate, consider, or think about you. God say, I'm going to keep you on my mind. Every day, I'm going to be thinking about you. How I can do things for you while you're in this storm, while you're going through this hardship. And then he goes on to say, say the Lord of hope. He said, thoughts of peace. And what he mean by giving thoughts of peace? He said, the state of condition of being healthy, safe, happy, and prosperous. Don't you think for one second, I'm not moving you towards prosperity. I'm not moving you towards a different kind of healthy place that's going to be safe for you. A condition where you can be prosperous and even calm and quiet state and tranquility that is free from any disturbance. God said, I want to get the chaos out of you so that you can walk upright before me. And not only that, he said that he had thoughts of peace. He wanted us to know that the thoughts are not evil thoughts as well. Not evil thoughts. And here he says, to deliberately cause harm, pain, or grief. To cause Serious loss, destruction, hardship, unhappiness, or death. God said, I'm not thinking like that about you. I'm not thinking. There's nothing I'm doing that's going to end up that's going to be evil towards you. What God is really telling you with this, this thing that you're going to go through, you're going in it, but you're coming out. And when you come out, it ain't going to be the same way you went in. It ain't going to be the same way you went in. I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to do something with you. I'm going to keep you in spite of you. So don't you think I'm throwing a towel in on you. I'm not. I'm not thinking evil. Listen to what he's saying. He's not thinking evil. So what he wants to do? To give you an expected end. 
In other words, to give means to provide a place in the uh, possession of another. God wants to give something to you in your possession. To impart or convey information or knowledge or wisdom so that you will walk circumspectly before me. So that we can have a father, son, and daughter relationship. One that's profound, one that's real, one that you can feel. That's where to get that song for. God is saying, I want to give you something you can feel. That you can know with absolute. If I be for you, who could be against you? And lastly, he's saying to give you an expected end. That's what he wants to bring into your life. Expect it. He talked about a confidence that something uh, desirable is about to happen. A feeling of trust about a situation that will bring or produce success and release. Or yeah, relief in your life. Sometimes God has to let us go through the storm. Because he's trying to work something out of us that's not working for us so that we can be delivered from that thing and be free to live up to his desires, his expectation, and our love for him. And finally, to bring you to expected end. The end is talked about to occur at a time that is yet to come, 70 years. But when that time comes, God say, I'm going to fulfill my good word. <laughs> How many of you know God got a good word? I've been reading this Bible. God has a good word. And what he's talking about here, he said, uh, to come in anticipated state or condition, to achieve a goal, objective, or purpose. I got purpose for your life. And if I let you stay out here, you'll never get there. So I want to put you in a place that will change your heart, change your mind, change your direction so that you can step into purpose to bring you to a final point or place of peace where we can unite and have that fellowship together that you desire, I desire, and need. All right? Commentary. God knew his own people thoughts towards these exiled Jews in Babylon. They did not know or did not remember his, his thoughts towards them. So God wanted to state them, uh, to state to them in writing, through Jeremiah's letter, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. The exiled Jews live in the experience of God's judgment upon their nation, but they would also come to know God's promise, and there ain't nothing God can't do for his people. God wanted them to know that they experience that also. The exiled Jews lived in the experience of God's judgment and they, it was easy for them to think that God was against them because they was in captivity. They, uh, that he intended evil to war. 
Can you imagine that thought? A lot of time when we're going through trouble, some of the main things we think about, what we done done now, what we done done, sometimes we ain't got nothing as Job. Sometimes we do some right stuff. Job could have said, this is an injustice. Job had burrows on him from the top of his head to bottom of his feet for approximately nine months. We see that thing and we think he's sitting gnashing, scraping himself just for a few days, maybe a couple of weeks. Nine months. If you look in depth to the reading, you're going to find out that Job stayed in that condition. And God declared when the devil came before him, have you considered my faithful servant, Job? He let the devil, he turned the devil loose on Job. He said, you can do whatever you want, but do not touch his soul, do not kill, do not take his life. God set boundaries on As God set boundaries here, 70 years. It may be for one generation, but to know that your offspring is going to live and carry on and execute, it's got to be a wonderful thing. Jude Jeremiah, God assured them, his people, that his thoughts towards them was thoughts of peace and that his heart and his mind is still with them, even as he hoped that they comply and live up to what he has called them to. Verse 12 says, Then, when you've done that, then shall you call upon me. See, sometimes we ain't going to call upon God until we get into a mess. Sometimes we don't even pray until we get into a mess. And you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. For 70 years, I bet they was praying. I bet they was acknowledging God. The commentary on this says, The exiled Jews live in the experience of God's judgment upon their nation. It was easy for them to think that God was against them, that he intended evil done them. However, through Jeremiah, God assured him their thoughts, that his thoughts towards them were thoughts of peace and that he, his heart, and his mind had a future hope and presence for them. Verse 13 says, And ye shall what? Seek me. And finally, when you search for me high with your whole heart, not half, not half-stepping, not just giving God something today and let's forget about tomorrow. God in this verse is telling his people God would not hide from his people when they sought him. You got to get to that place where you seek me like you're hungry for a meal. They would not suffer under the dark sense that God could not be found. In other words, while you're in the midst of your storm, you still have access to me. A further aspect of their future and hope was that God would not only bless and be with them in Babylon, but allow his people to eventually to come back to him 
in their promised land. Now what I like about this, God put them in captivity for 70 years. But what people often don't think, when you're going through the storm, when you're in the midst of hardships, when you're in the midst of trial, a lot of time, God is there with you. Well, how do I know that? Well, I'm glad you asked, because I wanted to tell you. The truth is, I know that because God promised Lord, I will be with you always, even until the end of time. You can always trust and know that if God be for you, what could be against you? If you read the book when it was in captivity, you'll find out many of them were elevated in captivity. They became princes while in captivity. They became uh, captains. They had, they had authority while they was in captivity. They lived. In fact, we were talking about the time Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was in that. And God delivered them many times right there in Babylon, going through the fiery furnace and all of that. So what God is telling us, it doesn't matter how hot that furnace gets for us or our circumstance get. I know how to cool you down. I know what I am doing. I know that this is going to bring you to where I need you to be because I've got a work that I need to do in you so that I can get through you to get in touch with the people that will need what you got so they can have also. So God wanted them to know that he would be with them. But not only that, they're seeking in God's revealing what's part of their future hope. Seeking God and finding them and God revealing his presence. That, that, that was their hope. Their only condition was to search for God with their whole heart. God expects us to live for him with our whole hearts. Do we have shortcomings? Yes, every last one of us. But we've got to get it right. We've got to get right with God. All of us. We got to get it right because it's God's condition. His only condition was for us to search for him with his whole heart. This is not a fake until you make it kind of like condition. You can't do that with God. God knows too much. He sits high. He looks low. He knows what's in our heart. A lot of time he opens us up to trouble so we can see and know what's in our heart. Because a lot of times, because of the enemy, sometimes even we ourselves, Christians, are blind to the deception and destruction that lives and abides within. God is indeed both looking for and expecting real change in their, the people's behavior, in attitude among his people. He's looking for that. This is what he wants. Sometimes we go through the storm because God is looking for fruit out of us. And guess what? You know, like making grapes or wine. 
uh, they get in there and stomp the grapes, bare feet. And they stomp it and stomp it and stomp it and stomp it. Why? So that one that they can come, they can have that glass of wine or whatever. And God sometimes allow us to be stoned, even by the enemy, to press us so that we come out as new wine. It's a new individual. As a new perspective has overtaken us. Because what? Because we have learned some things that we have never come to know unless we go through to get through. Verse number 14, the last verse, it says, and I will be found of you, said the Lord of hosts, and I will turn away from your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations, wherever you are, I'm going to bring you all together, and from all the places whither I have driven you, said the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away. Talking about back to your homeland. Talking about back to your place where I want to work in you and through you. Commentary. I will bring you back. I will bring you back from your captivity. This was uh, a further aspect of their future in hope with God that God would not only bless them but be with them in Babylon but, not, not, but also allow his people to eventually come back to him and their promise. Don't miss that. Come back to what? To him and his promise. See, because when you connect with God, there's always promises. God is a God. He's so good that there's nothing he'd do for or ask us to do that he don't even attach a promise to. Everything that God hopes out of us, he has promised to. He has promised to us living forever with him in eternity. God promised. But there are things that we must do to accomplish that, to be worthy of that. That's why the Apostle Paul can say, I finished my course. I kept the faith. Now in full is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Then Paul goes on and say, but not only for me, but for all of them, that glory in his appearance. Are you expecting to see God? Are you looking for God? Are you searching for God? And if you find him, the question is, are you living for God? One final note I wrote here, and I want you to listen to this. In all honesty, God knows his own thoughts towards all of us. When we ourselves or find ourselves in the midst of bondage, hardship, trials, tribulation, 
when we find ourselves that we still know that we can trust God. Once in the midst of the storm, we often forget and do not remember God's loving thoughts towards us. That even when we're in the storm, God still loves us. He still cares about us. He still desires a relationship with us. It's like there are prophets that are, had to marry the prostitute. And every time he would turn his back, she would leave and go back to that corner. And God would tell him, go and get her. Go and get her. Because so are my people as it relates to me. No matter what I do for them, they keep going to the corner of whoring. They keep going. I need them to understand. In the house, I'll protect them. I need them to know it's in the house I will supply for them. I will keep them. Can you imagine having a husband like Amos? Loving his wife. And yet, no matter how much he loved, she would still go and prostitute. Shame him. And then out of love, he would go get her. Of that car. God told him, that's how my people, but I will go get them off that car because I want to bless them. He goes on and he says, he have our backs just as an exiled Jews live in the experience of God's judgment upon their nation there are times in our lives that we too will go through hurts, hardship, pains in life, in times of trouble. It's easy for us to think that God is against us because we got trials and tribulations in our life because we don't want to be in the midst of the storm because we don't want to go through some of the evil that's been released in our life. But just as God used Jeremiah, God assures us that his thoughts towards us are thoughts of peace and that his heart and his mind is always open to us and waiting to hear us so that if we cry, he can dry the tears from our eyes. Even so, God has a future hope for us, his people, those that have placed their faith in him. Even when we sometimes may suffer in the midst of hardships and trials, even when we hurt and we deserve it, always know that it is the devil's deceptive, deception rather, that robs us of our sense of God's love and future for us, as well as the hope he has for our lives. He has a plan to give each of us, no matter how bad we do, no matter how wrong, and expected yeah. And no matter what bad we've done, even when we're in the storm, you can be assured that God has not stopped loving you.
of caring for you. God loves us so much that he sent his only son to die while we was yet in our sin. And now that we are Christians, what will he hold from us now? You got to know that you're safe in his arms. Guys, I have nothing else to say. If you don't give nothing else, you just simply need to know that if God be for you, there is absolutely nothing that could be against you and when. He knows the thoughts that he has towards you. Would you bow your heads with me and pray? Father, right now in the name of Jesus, God, like this story that we read in the Bible, Sometimes it's real in our lives. God, sometimes we feel bottled up, shackled, downright in bondage, simply because sometimes we are not mindful of how we live before you. We are not continuous in walking circumspectly in your presence. But God, you are always faithful. Because though the devil may mean it for evil, I know today in the midst of any trouble, any storm, you're working it out for my God. I pray we all understand that so that we'll be better, wiser, yeah, even stronger. Thank you, God, for loving us so much to teach us how to live before you and that we can trust you. Now, God, we pray that you walk before us this day. Be everything we need you to be, God. Continue to love us. Continue to keep us. Because we will search for you with our whole heart. Because we need to know you're like that. In Jesus' name, we pray. And all the saints say, Amen, Amen, and Amen. God bless you, and may God keep you. Uh, there will be things that you, uh, if you want to give something to this ministry, New Beginning Ministry Incorporated, you'll be able to do so. It will be on there for you to do so. And we want you to know we thank you before you even done it. We appreciate you. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. This is our prayer for you. Amen.